You are listening to a Hive Talk Live stinger, Buzz Buzz. Welcome back in, Hornets fans. It's another Hive Talk Live stinger, a little short burst of Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend and writer for At The Hive, and now two-year, multiple-year host of Hive Talk Live, David Walker. David, how are you? Great to be here as always, Doug. Let's break down some small forwards. Yes, it is the Charlotte all-time team, something that At The Hive is putting together. Basically, we're try- each of the writers has uh, picked an all-time Charlotte basketball franchise team, so that means Hornets and Bobcats getting involved here. No New Orleans Hornets, just original Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Bobcats, and now uh, the year that the one season that we've played uh, with the new Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so we're mashing all of those players together. But David, we're only considering their time as a, a member of a Charlotte basketball team. So with right. with that, uh, let's get into our small forward picks. Also, if you want to see all of our picks, they're up right now on at the Hive dot com. Take a look at who who we picked. Uh, who the other writers at At The Hive picked. Uh, we got to pick two players for each position, a first team and a second team, and then two wild card selections. All right, so small forward, uh, our picks. Uh, I went with the one, the only, Glenn Rice. And then for my second team, I went with Crash himself, Gerald Wallace. Your picks. Fine picks there, Doug. I totally agree with you on the first pick of Glenn Rice. And I went with... Mace in your face. Anthony Mason is my second team. For small four, I thought you went with Mashburn. I went with Mash in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Doug. Thanks for the check. You're awake. Uh, yeah, Jamal Mashburn. Sorry. That's all right. Mason will come up. Don't worry. He's. We're, we're going to get the power. Spoiler forward. alert. We're going to get the power forward soon. You're trying to see. Here's the thing. We talked about one of the other writers on At the Hive. I won't name names. Tucker Warner, who picked a little yeah, bit out of what, yeah that's what did it picked a little bit out of position uh so and and that comes into play here because we're talking about Glenn Rice as a small forward which is where he played when he was with Charlotte and and really always played as a small forward he's a little bigger than a than a shooting guard although he was known for his shooting played at the small forward position but Tucker decided to get a little he wanted to get all of his players in. A little loosey-goosey. Yeah, so let me run down his, before we get into our picks for small four, let me run down these picks for Tucker's team. And all the love in the world for Tucker, but point guard Muggsy Bogues, totally fine with that, obviously. Shooting guard Glenn Rice. Small forward Larry Johnson. Again, he's he's like one position off, and you'll see this. So Alonzo Mourning for his power forward. So Larry Johnson played power forward. Alonzo Mourning played center. I know that I know that basketball in, in its day now they is, have positions. At one time, they did have positions. Right it, it, now, it's a little positionless. The, the the positions are definitely more fluid, um, but the players that he's picking, he's definitely playing fast and loose with the with the position designation. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, you know, your team's your team. Whatever that means, I don't know. I it's guess, but team. I can't put Alonzo Mourning at, at no, point guard. No, you know what I'm saying. All right, so let's talk about our picks. We'll, yeah. we'll get away from Tucker's picks, so we'll quit picking on him. Uh, Glenn Rice, I, you know, was the all-star uh, selection for Charlotte uh, in, what, 93? Three-time all-star. Three-time all-star. So multiple all-star selections, could shoot the lights out from beyond the arc, and 
you know, after after you had the departures of, of Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning, I think Glenn Rice became sort of the de facto franchise player for the Hornets. Am I wrong for saying that? He was the closest thing I think they had to a uh, a, consist, a consistent superstar. Uh, LJ and Alonzo were, were still younger and up and coming they, they, when they were making their mark in that's, Charlotte. That's an important point to make because they really – Larry Johnson and, and Zoe went on to make legacies after Charlotte. Certainly, yeah. I mean, Alonzo is more synonymous with the Heat uh, and LJ. I guess you'd say the Knicks, right? Yeah, because, I mean, he still works for the four Knicks. Four-pointer, the four-pointer and all that. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. But Glenn Rice came in here and just, and just you know, lit it on fire, Doug. 23.5 points per game in his time here with that one season averaging 27 points a game. Shooting 47% from three-point, my friend. How would you like to dial that up this year? I mean, and, well, I would love it, but he did it for three straight seasons. It's insane. It's really insane. Or, excuse me, he shot, I'm sorry, so he shot 47% from the field for three straight seasons. Yeah, it's 47% in 96-97 from beyond the arc. Uh, But, I mean, you know, those three all-star seasons, he was above, uh, let's say, almost 43%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just crazy, crazy numbers. And played about 40 minutes a game, you know. I mean, he was out there playing, uh, played like 82 games, 79 games, and 79 games. So, I mean, he was durable as well. And if you can imagine him in today's NBA, you mentioned like the positionless game they play today. But six seven guy who can get out there and and fill it up like he could uh, would be amazing today to see him. And he was he was fantastic then. I mean, an all-star game MVP you don't hear that a lot uh, from a Charlotte Hornet or, or Charlotte anyone. So it was just that was he was a guy that when it went up, you almost knew it was going in. You knew where you were going to get a big shot. He, he won the three the point shot. contest too, correct? Did he? Did he I believe he did. Contest? I believe he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a no brainer here for me. Doug was here for three solid seasons: seventy nine games, seventy eight games, eighty two games. There you go. Started all of them, obviously, and, and um, made his mark. I mean, he was the guy. He was he was a guy opposing teams scouted and 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 had to make a point of of stopping. And you know, they couldn't. What I wonder because you know we we had guys like Zoe and LJ and Muggsy. Well, Muggsy played one season before he got to Charlotte. But we had had guys who sort of started to make their name in Charlotte and then left. And then you got a guy like Glenn Rice who made a name for himself in in six seasons in Miami. Mm -hmm. And then Charlotte gets the coup and and brings Glenn Rice to Charlotte. I wonder as a fan, like what is more – what is more like worthy of praise – I guess is is what I'm trying to say. Like so, building it up here and then leaving, essentially, or just like building building someone from the beginning, Mm. even if they don't leave, or 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 having someone really break out when they come to Charlotte. Like, which would you rather have? I mean, would you you rather be hipster and say, "Yeah, we had him before he was good," or would you rather say, "Yeah, he came to Charlotte day one"? Right. Uh, I mean, I guess you want to have the the cream of the crop. You want to have his best days, right? Yeah, I mean, if you I, want the best out of that player, you want to have him when he's at his peak, and I think Charlotte did. I mean, he, he didn't make any other All Star games his time in the league except for his time in Charlotte. Certainly made his mark in Miami too, though. I mean, was a prolific scorer there, but really was the focus point, was the focal point again of the Hornets here, and he was the main guy, he was the main dude, and and he made it happen in Charlotte. 
Well, so Glenn Rice basically butted heads with owner George Shen over uh, a contract dispute. He wanted, get this, David, this is how much money he wanted. He wanted $14 million a year. <laughs> We're talking about three-time All-Star, right? I mean, basically face of the franchise by this point in 98. And he wanted $14 million. We just what, we just gave MKG $13-plus million dollars a year. So money's obviously a little different then than it was or than it is now. And ownership is. Ownership is very different <laughs> as well. Uh, there's definitely a, an onus on keeping the players here now. Uh, whereas I think Shen had a reputation for really kind of cheapskating it and saying, look, take what I want you to take or get out of town. So that's what happened, and, and we uh, traded Glenn Rice to the Lakers in, in the trade that brought Eddie Jones and Eldon Campbell over. And then honestly, like, look, this, this is what's tough for me with, with Glenn Rice. He was the face of the franchise, and, and he sold a lot of tickets, and, and he played extremely well as we've broken down uh, through the stats. But, and I know a lot of fans then were like, what the hell is Shen doing? Like, this is Glenn Rice. Give him the $14 million and let's move on. Right. But then he goes to L.A., and he certainly helps that team win a championship. But he wasn't but, the same contributor, though. No, his, his legs died on him in the, next, in the next year or so, and he wanted a long-term contract. So, you honestly, you kind of have to look back and go, I mean, Shen kind of called it. I mean, <laughs> You're not willing. I mean, you're not I willing to give Shen to, any. That's one way to look at I'm it. Saying, I mean, like it ended it, up being. It, sure, it ended up playing out. Well, you can't say it didn't play out in Glenn Rice's favor. Like you said, he won a ring. Um, but if you're saying going into commitment with a guy who may not be able to have the durability he had had before, yeah, I mean, you look at it the next year, what 27 games, but then he played 80 and 75. Uh, but it wasn't about years. the number of games he played. I mean, he just he wasn't by the time. You know, and, yeah. and L.A. knew it as soon as they got him over. I think by the end of that year, Phil Jackson knew that, yeah, that Glenn yeah. Rice was done. And and Glenn Rice, I think if I – and history may – or somebody may correct me here in the comments section, but I believe he got sort of the, the myth or the, the rumors where that Glenn Rice got traded from L.A. because he was complaining about sitting in the fourth quarter or something. But, again, by this time – you know his legs had betrayed him. So yeah, and and you know you're right in the, in the fact that what he spent six years in Miami uh, prior to coming to Charlotte. So that's you know almost ten years in the league when you know guys back then, his, of course, had you know. college miles on their legs too. Yeah. So yeah, you know uh, looking back at the money, it was a lot more then than it was now. And you're talking about losing again the face of the franchise, your leading scorer, the best player you've ever had, but. Perhaps uh, that was the peak. You know, perhaps it would have been all downhill from there. We'll never truly know. So <laughs> it's a tough call to make. Here's what we do know: he was the best <laughs> small forward the Charlotte Hornets have ever had. I I completely agree with you on that. Now, where we did not agree is in the second team. I went with Gerald Wallace. You went with Mashburn. I decided that Gerald Wallace deserved to be in this team in, in some fashion or form, and he didn't deserve wild card treatment because... Don't give away don't give away wild cards. I'm not giving okay, away wild cards. Okay. Well, you can go and look at it on <laughs> AtTheHive.com. I'm just saying, I didn't feel like Gerald Wallace deserved wild, wild card treatment. He had double-digit win shares for the Bobcats for two seasons. Mm-hmm. And it was unquestioned. I mean, he, he, again, he wasn't... The, I said it in the last one, I think, that he wasn't the most important player on that playoff team, but... He was the most important player overall 
to the Bobcats organization. He, he was the only one, I think, with, I guess, Captain Jack, because they inexplicably gave the captain position to Steven Jackson. But That's his name. They had to. <laughs> they had no choice. But Gerald Wallace gets the crash nickname, and and he really was the Bobcats organization. So he got a standing ovation, I think, when he came back to for, for the Boston game this year. No doubt about that. And 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 crash Gerald Wallace deserves any and all accolades he gets, except for your second except team. Except for why did you go with Mashburn? <laughs> I went with Mashburn. Obviously, again, this is a theme with mine. A lot shorter tenure in Charlotte, but while he was here, specifically 2000, 2001, 20 points a game, seven rebounds a game, five and a half assists per game, and was a much more well-rounded player, I think, than Gerald Wallace at that time. He'd give you some defense. I mean, he but he was a, a, a pretty pure scoring small forward, could go down in the post and could hit from outside, and, and just a much more well-rounded, obviously, offensive player, uh, but no slouch on defense as well. And I think he had a great basketball IQ, was was fun as heck to watch, and, and was part of some really, really good teams and was a focal point on some of those teams. So I think that mattered to me and was part of some winning in Charlotte. The problem David, is that I I think with my heart and you think with your head. I'm I'm more of the GM <laughs> you want and not the GM you need. <laughs> but yeah, I mean forty games This was only, a tough one. This was a this tough is a one. tough one. Only forty games in O one, O two. At some point I just stopped looking at, at the duration, unless they were here for you know, like fifteen. Clearly, you went with Eddie yeah. Jones. Well, yeah, I mean, he he did play a hundred games here, over a hundred games. So maybe that's where I drew the line. But uh, again, Mashburn. Those <laughs> are some. Like, those are some of my favorite teams. You're like, they you're were like really TV good. syndication. You need a hundred episodes. I need a hundred. I need that Seinfeld money. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the difference for me. And no, no shots at Crash. Just you know, if you're picking, Listen, Crash took enough be the shots. Basketball player. <laughs> he took enough shots. Still on the going. Court. Still going. By the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's. It's it's strange, yeah. Over the length, he was durable, but then it's sort of similar to MKG season to season and, struggled to kind of stay on the And court. should be noted, of course, the first year in New Orleans after the Hornets left Charlotte, he was an All Star. So not that that really can play into my argument, but you know, All Star worthy. This was a tough one for me because the Mashburn era Hornets, David Wesley, Baron Davis, without a question, my favorite Hornets team right before they left for New Orleans. Um, and broke my heart. So this was a tough one for me because I love Mashburn's game. Uh, as you said, the, the thing about Mashburn that I love is that, and I know we're not talking about the after or before Hornets eras, but we seemingly always do. Uh, but he was a prolific scorer in, in several different systems with with a different players around him. He, he was always the top scorer always yeah. the lead dog on offense. And to me, that's really impressive for a journeyman like him and for someone who is not considered in the, you know, Kobe, LeBron, you know, kind of superstar realm. Yeah, he's, was probably underrated for a lot of his time here in Charlotte. Like Eddie saying. Jones, I think. Yeah. Not not in his time in Charlotte, but Eddie Jones, I think, underrated as well. Um, but, yeah, Mashburn, I, I think, for sure, definitely uh, underrated. But just a, a great player and a, and a great you know, just a great teammate and a great guy for that franchise and, and led uh, the Hornets to uh, some of their best uh, playoff performances and really one game away from the Eastern Conference Final. I remember watching that game six against the Bucks, And I'll be honest, David, it's the last time 
that I watched professional basketball and and physically hurt. You know, like I watched that game six and they lost. I knew we were going to lose game seven because we had to go back to Milwaukee. I mean, Red and Michael Red and uh, uh, Ray Allen were just on mm-hmm. the game, and and I just I physically hurt. I was like, ugh, ugh, yeah. So um, hopefully we can the franchise can get to a point in the next couple of years where I can experience that kind of where pain again. You can again. get that pain back. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, I think I think both of these are fine selection. I think Mashburn is fine. I just personally I, I couldn't I couldn't do that to my man Gerald Wallace because of everything that he gave to the Bobcats organization. Absolutely. And there's a spot for players like that. That's all I'll say. That's that's, that's all that that's all there is to say. We'll we'll <laughs> leave it at that. We'll wrap it at that, and then uh, we'll we will talk about Anthony Mason, uh, for sure. In the in the next podcast, yeah. uh, the powerful we'll cover the power forwards, and then we'll also look at center, and then our wild card selections. If you want to be spoiled, then go check out our our selections on atthehive.com. There's a post not only with David and I selections, but also all of the writers there at atthehive.com, and give us your selections. We want to know what you think. Do you think Mashburn deserves to be first, second team, or do you think Gerald Wallace deserves to be first, second team? We want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on this post or tweet us at Hive Talk Live or visit us on Facebook. Give us a like. We're almost at 100, David, on Facebook. I'll be honest, I've neglected Facebook a little bit. Going to try to get better about that, but uh, give us a like over there. Yeah, my parents are on there. They don't listen, though, so that's tricky. Oh, well. <laughs> Just kidding. Go. Just kidding. Hi, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> all right. So oh, also uh, another plug, go watch the videos, the summer breakdown. I'm working uh, diligently on putting David's first breakdown together. Uh, it's a good one. It's on uh, Frank Kaminsky's footwork. We'll have that out on Monday. So check out the new one. Check out the old ones. Uh, we've got three more left, and we've got a couple more of these stingers on the way. Thanks for listening. Let's swarm, Charlotte. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.